Hey there, welcome to Design Party Podcast. We talk about design, life, and everything in between. We are your hosts, Helena. And Antonia, let's hear the episode. How are you today? Hello, I'm fine. I really like this uh, Saturday morning podcast. It's a, it's a fresh perspective to the week. Yes, I completely agree. I'm completely wasted during weekdays, but uh, weekends are working for me quite well. I love it. Yeah, we should too. do that. We should. We should. I like the I like the atmosphere. Uh, me too. It's like peaceful. You don't have like this, I don't know, like feeling in your stomach. Oh no, I need to work later or I'm just tired from working. After, like it's just, uh, it's this is just better. It is. Uh, I'm glad we found our time. Yes, I love it. But anyway, okay, let's get to yeah. today's topic. Which, which is... is you can announce it. Uh, okay, today we are going to talk about tips and tricks for junior designers. Mm, this is a good because, one. Because uh, we talked about it last time, and then we said it would work better as a standalone topic. Hello, iPhone. Yeah. Okay, oh. now it now it's on vibration. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, it happens, it happens. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so our topic today, what do you have to say about our topic? Well, we prepared a little bit, uh, so we split our um, tips into general tips, skill tips, and then personal development, and we're going to talk about each in depth, hopefully, and I'm very excited, yeah, I'm very excited about this topic because we've been there, we have personal experience, a lot of it, now we are a little bit more into the senior stage of our career. So it's Hopefully. really nice. <laughs> yes, we are. But it's nice to reflect on, you know, our early days when we just started and, you know, what would we do differently and actually give tips for junior designers so they could like skip maybe some hardships we endured. Definitely, definitely. I think uh, I think we are definitely in the senior stage of our careers when we have the need to help other people. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. So shall we start with uh, some general tips? What do you have I to say about that? Um, okay, so the first general tip we wrote down is to stay curious. For me, uh, staying curious means that you should always be open-minded to things, always learn new things, always talk to new people, and just introduce new things. Don't stay wrapped in your bubble and try not to get stuck. That's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. I completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, it's really important to stay curious. Otherwise, you get into this creative slump. Uh, everything becomes monotone for you. And with time, you even get frustrated. You reach like burnout and it's not good. So you need to, you know, uh, just stay creative and entertain yourself and be happy about what you're doing. Uh, Which... Yeah, I would like to. I would like to tie up uh, into that. It's sometimes hard if you're working on a project and it's a long project and you get bored. But mm -hmm. try to do some design exercises. Try to do some design challenges. Something that's completely different that's gonna kick you out of your zone. So you might have to spend a bit of your free time for that, but it it will help you in your mental state or something. Yeah, completely agree with that as well. Uh, but, you know, also I experienced working like longer projects 
that kind of become dull over months. But if you take another angle, then every project, even that ongoing, that's, you know, ongoing for months can be exciting. If you just take another angle, you know, maybe you can do some research, maybe you can document something, maybe you can think of better workflows between your PL and your developers or whoever is working with you. So I think there is always a different angle. When things become dull, it just means like things repeat too often. Nothing new is happening. So, you know, just spice it up. You know, sometimes I, um, let's say, help myself by design more proposals. I know... Yeah, I know that they might not be used or something, but I just designed my proposals. Also, you know, I also think about how to solve, let, let's say, information structure for the whole app a little bit differently. So, you know, maybe in future years, there's going to be some big refactor and we can use these designs or perhaps not. But, you know, it's a good exercise to to keep your mind a little bit uh, excited. That's good. That's all good tips. Um... Yep. I'm very happy we're talking about this. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, that uh, brings us to next bullet, which is try it all. It what does that mean for all. you? Yeah. Uh, it means that if you are beginning your career, uh, you should try to do everything. Don't mm-hmm. say I'm not good with people, so I'm not going to do research. Don't say I suck at visual design, so I'm not going to do any UI. Don't Don't close doors that you haven't opened yet. So try everything, uh, give everything a try, and maybe it turns out that you really like something, or you suck at something, but you really like it, and then if you work at it, you're going to get better. So try everything. Yeah, and when we start, we are usually generalist, uh, generalists. Uh, you know, you can't like just start a career and be very specialized in something. You need to acquire Definitely. experience, knowledge, and you know, just uh, understand what you like, don't like, and so on. And um, I heard many times designers reject certain tasks because they just say, "I'm not good at it." But you know, if you're not good at something, that means you should actually do it twice hard than the other <laughs> stuff, so you would improve, right? It makes total sense. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, it's it's uncomfortable. Mean... What? You go ahead. No, no, no. Finish, finish, finish. Uh, like it's uncomfortable, and sometimes learning <laughs> is hard and tedious. We got a cough. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you sick or something? No, I'm just, uh, it's the springtime allergy season. Oh, allergies. I'm so sorry to yeah. hear. Do you, <laughs> do you take some medicines for that? Uh, yeah, I take some nasal spray and it fixes me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> it works. It works mostly. Mostly. Well, okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> At least I mute myself, so don't people don't see me. Don't call it out. <laughs> well, I can hear it. I should share my struggles. <laughs> How can you hear it? I'm confused. Because you're not muted. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So I wouldn't talk, uh, you know, nasty stuff while muted. I'm doing like air quotation <laughs> marks because, you know, it might be a little bit... Awkward. <laughs> uh, a bit awkward. 
But okay, but, now okay. we discovered that mute button is not actually muting. Maybe you need to install those. Is it those. not working? I can hear. Yes, I can hear you like the whole time. Well, okay, I give up on life then. Okay, but we discovered something curious. Maybe you embarrassed your ass so many times you don't even know. Uh, yeah, my, my <laughs> hand is on my forehead. I'm doing some recollections. Baseball <laughs> over analyzing. Uh, it happens. Okay, well, let's go back to our general tips for junior designers to alleviate yeah, your sure. pain. Um, so next tip would be don't get offended by a feedback it's not personal I think that's extremely important one because you know you don't nobody likes to hear bad stuff about their work and I remember myself when I was very junior when somebody would say something well not bad but if they would imply that my work is not that good I would get like super offended because I assume that it's it's expected from me to nail designs and everything from first go. From the first time, yeah. So wrong. So wrong. What do you think about that? I completely agree. And that's what that's what makes you a senior-ish designer, a seasoned designer. Let's go with seasoned designer, mm-hmm. because you know that every iteration makes you better. Mm-hmm. And every time you fail, you actually learn something. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, and I find it very improbable that you nail designs from the get-go, like just one proposal and call it a day. I, I find that like if you manage to do that, like you're the best designer in this world. Like you should be nominated for Design Nobel Prize or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about iterating. I never call my designs, here's my finished design for this project. No, I always say, hey. This is my proposal for this project. Let me know what you think about uh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then it's like stuck on maybe version 2.3. But then I'm iterating (laughs) later more and more. Design is never finished, people. You need to remember that. Yeah, it's something we should uh, learn and emphasize a bit more. Yes, um, but I don't know how it comes down to people thinking that first iteration is actually final one and that they need to nail it while they're like junior. I, I really don't get like, how did we come to that? Why do people maybe think that? The, maybe it's the imposter syndrome. You expect mm-hmm. that you should be good and then that everything you put out is supposed to be good. So that's, yeah, a, I guess that's so. a confusing one. Yeah, and also I think expectations from other people are, oh, they are designer. Um, they will they will do design and they they see one user journey and that should work. No, it's this is like a very wrong approach. So basically you should have like different proposals for each solution. And yeah, yeah and just like talk with your teammates, do research and see which one might work the best, and then go with that, and then build on top of that. So you're making proposals. Don't don't say this is my finalized design. It's not final. Uh, I can bet you hundred <laughs> euros on that. It's not final. You will work on that later for sure. It will never be final. Yeah. So don't be afraid if like you're not supposed to nail designs from the first try. You should work on them. Do you mean uh, do you mean that your developers nail the code and everything from first try? No. Have you seen their PR? Reviews, oh my god, they trash each other all the time. 
like comments yeah uh, this function is not that good why don't you refactor so everybody needs to fix their stuff don't be afraid to fix your stuff yeah that's a that's a very good point of view but uh it comes with the ego and it comes mm. with a self uh self internalization of your skills i guess so yeah <laughs> i guess um you're very proud when you're a young designer and you think like you know the best or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I noticed uh, with myself, I was like that before. I'm not uh, ashamed to admit uh, I had my flaws and as a junior designer, but seriously, <laughs> <laughs> right now, over years of designing, I became so much more pragmatic. If I get some negative feedback regarding something I did, which I don't, but... Uh, <laughs> I just I'm wanted like, to say I love how you had flaws before when you yeah, were a junior, yeah. but there are no flaws now. No, no, it's perfect now. It's all working great. Of course, of course. Uh, then I'm like, okay, it's great. I'm gonna change this, or uh, even worse, marrying your designs. Like you push pixels in a certain way that you're like, oh yeah, this is like it. Mm, it's so good, looks perfect. And then I don't know, um, talks happen and research happens and more brief comes <laughs> and then you need to change and then you're very hesitant to do any change but why it's your job it's your job to like tweak it so it works if you want to be in charge with whole design and uh, mission and vision and everything do a side project start a like found yeah. a startup or something ah we need to refactor like this whole i don't know uh row with avatar and text and whatever sure to just trash with you <laughs> But yeah, uh, this kind of experience and mindset comes with time, I guess. But it's helpful to hear that. I, I wish somebody told me that when I started. I really wish. Um, I agree. They actually did teach us that in college. And we did hear horror stories. And it, it was repeated to us that you should leave your ego at the door. But I'm not sure that uh, people actually took it seriously. But I did remember the sentence, like, leave your ego at the door, leave your ego at the door. And it helped me out to figure it out sooner. And I guess that's why I really like talking to other designers and showing them my design and getting their feedback. Because as soon as I paste a design in Slack or somewhere, I see so many mistakes. And then I'm like, oh, why did I send this? <laughs> yes. Um, and it's an opportunity to learn. And be yeah, better definitely. next time. So you will definitely, not get definitely. fired if you don't nail design from the first try. That's just Hopefully. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, if you do, you're working for a very wrong company and you don't want to build your career there. Yeah, definitely. That's a good sign. A good red flag for a bad company. Oh, yeah. Massive red flag. Um, and to extend that... We were talking about like be curious, be open-minded, um, but also don't stop learning. Oh, I have a thing or two to say about this topic. It's a little bit frustrating <laughs> for me. Um, so I think uh, learning learning is excellent when you can attend conferences or meetups or stuff like mm -hmm. that. But conferences are a little bit better because they're usually organized uh, in a way that you get a lot like in return when it comes to knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is like a great way to keep your mind open and acquire new knowledge. Uh, and when it comes to don't stop learning, uh, I noticed that uh, some seasoned uh, designers are still utilizing 
you know, these knowledge practices they acquired, let's say, a decade ago, mm-hmm. which completely clashes with what we supposed to do today because there has been some research uh, trends changed habits of users changed um, some better patterns are discovered and sometimes it's like frustrating to to work with somebody who who never actually did the learning mm-hmm. continuous learning it's just okay I went to college I learned that uh, and I'm just like doing that for the next 20 years your thoughts okay. Uh, my thoughts uh, agree completely, but I don't think we should be talking about learning as you sit behind a book, you read some stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. books are amazing. You should read books, definitely. But you can also read uh, blog posts. You can also follow several stuff on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is very repetitive on Instagram, but it's it's okay. It's okay. Follow people on LinkedIn. Just follow someone and surround yourself with current design knowledge. That's That's what learning is for me. And then if you want to go the extra mile, you can attend some conferences, you can Mm -hmm. attend some uh, classes, courses. There's literally a ton of free stuff you can learn online. Just last week or maybe two weeks ago, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, I attended um, a microcopy conference. It wasn't a conference, it was like a workshop or something. And it was free, it was on YouTube, I played it on my TV, sat down on the couch and listened to it, it was amazing. And it was, I don't know how many people there were, but the girl that did do it, uh, she organized it herself. She provided her own thoughts and good uh, material. So it was very nice and it didn't cost me anything. So that's learning. Just find a way. (laughs) Totally. And we are in the age where, uh, due to various uh, reasons, we have more and more online slash remote gatherings. So Mm -hmm. uh, there is a clear spike in online meetups and conferences. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of that. I also Mm -hmm. attended some uh, free workshops. I mean, it's excellent. You hear experts, knowledgeable people talk about certain topic and it's for free. It's excellent. Like, where can you get that? And it's so nice. So, you know, find, find those. um, Well, it's a little bit tricky to find those let's say, conferences or workshops a little bit, but I don't know. So, there are several hubs on the interwebs where you can find them. Uh, One of them is one I never remember what's it called. Uh, It's it's actually a Denmark Denmark, uh, UX thing, and it is called CPHUX, Denmark's largest UX community. And they have a, a comprehensive list of very good events. Hmm. And it's amazing. And okay. that's one thing I always link to people. Because it's nice, it's color-coded, the design is very, really nice. And it's easy to understand. We should definitely put that to show notes. And I will also check it out. Because I sometimes struggle a lot to find some good workshops to follow mm-hmm. online. Uh, but, you know, my tip for finding uh, these workshops is mm-hmm. follow on LinkedIn local design agencies or like mm-hmm. just agencies. And uh, they usually organize these things. And when they do, they post it on LinkedIn so people would know. And this mm-hmm. is how I saw many of them. So okay. that's one tip. Uh, but that also depends where you're located. because <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, let's not get stuck on this topic, even though it is a good topic. 
yeah let's mm-hmm. move on to next one uh so okay. what are your what are your thoughts about um like tips when it comes to your skill i think you have some Okay, uh, my first and main thought is mm-hmm. uh, that you should copy. You should copy designs you find good. But you should copy for practice and don't claim it as your own design. That's something I have to emphasize many, many, many emphasizes here. Uh, what do I mean by that? You see something nice on Dribble, you take a screenshot and you literally copy it like pixel for pixel. What do you get with that? Uh, you get to understand some design choices that the person that made it made. And you get to figure out the hierarchy of the fonts and why something here and why something there. And you can see if something is 24 pixels from the other thing or 32 or 48 and what difference does it make. And it just, uh, it becomes a skill. And next time you're going to be doing something, you're going to unconsciously do the right call and it's going to look better. So copying is something I tell everyone to do. But don't mm. say it's yours. Uh, also completely agree here. It's a great UI practice, but uh, I would like to expand this topic a little bit. Sometimes we are seeking for better patterns to use in our app. Is it a drop down? Is it, uh, I don't know, something mm-hmm. else? Is it a radio button? What, what is it? So sometimes it's um, okay. Well, not sometimes. I, I do that like quite often. I go through all my favorite apps. And Mm -hmm. if I'm looking for a specific pattern, I might, you know, get inspired by something other app did and, you know, uh, take the idea, but then work on it a little bit more. So it would actually be applicable to the project I am working on. But uh, for example, in past company, I needed um, some cool filtering feature. And then I remembered that I really love how Notion does this contextual stuff. And uh, I kind of got inspired with the idea of Notion. And I just Mm -hmm. worked on it a little bit more. And then I saw something great from Intercom. And I mashed these two ideas together, tweaked a little bit so it fits our data and our use case. And that was my proposal for this filtering uh, pattern that I was working on. So it's completely okay with, um, you know, just, uh, checking how others do certain patterns. It would be excellent if you don't carbon copy everything, but yeah, you know, get inspired. But I, I, I think that's perfectly fine because you went to the industry leaders and you checked out what they were doing and mm-hmm. they probably have a massive design team after that's standing behind that decision. And it's something that you did not, again, copy, carbon copy, but you made it fit your use cases. So that's still inspiration. That's not copying, in my opinion. Yeah. uh, I mean, don't copy design, copy pattern. I think that's fine. Okay. And then work on top of it so it works better for your project, if possible. But sometimes these patterns are so, uh, like, small that uh, you don't have, like... (laughs) things to do to change it a little bit, to tweak it. But yeah, I, I'm okay with copying patterns, but not UI of those patterns. Yeah, That's definitely, bad. definitely. Uh, can I just say one thing that yeah. uh, popped in my mind while you were talking? Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't know the difference. A lot of young designers <coughs> sorry, don't know the difference between radio buttons and checkboxes. And I find that quite interesting because they're obviously different controls but they just don't know how they work. 
Do you want to explain that for them? <coughs> Mute is okay, working Lindo. now. Yeah, because I'm physically pushing it, but it's not working on my end. Uh, so a radio button is a single choice. A checkbox is a multiple choice. And that's the gist of it. Yes, pretty much. Um, curious that people don't get that part. But okay, you heard it here. Yeah. Good. Now, first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now that that is cleared, we can continue uh, <laughs> to share more skill tips. So what's next? What do you think is uh, next uh, great the tip? The next one, I think it's quite similar to the first one because it requires you to look at other people's stuff. And it's to stay in the loop of trends, but don't follow them blindly. And the idea behind staying with trends is that you know what's currently trendy. So you mm -hmm. don't do... 2000s design and mm -hmm. uh, about not following it blindly is so that you don't do a uh, March 2021 design which is going to be old in September 2021 so you need to find the perfect sweet spot of being looking good but not looking too trendy if that makes sense yeah maybe um, how to how to know what is long-term trend and what's short-term trend is to uh, just explore it with maybe a couple of blog posts and so on. So for example, this brutalist design might go away very fast, but you know, minimalism and being clean and blah, 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 that might stay for a very long time. So, you know, yeah. it's important to decipher what's short-term trend and long-term trend. Yeah, but that also comes with skill. And yeah. How how you learn to see trends is by yeah. experiencing a couple of trends go by, and then mm -hmm. you get to see what things stay and what things yeah go away exactly even. exactly. Yeah. And okay, what uh, do you think is next? Next, uh, well, I think a uh, very good skill tip is to be flexible. I wish I knew that one before. What I mean by being flexible is you know not. There is not a single uh, workflow that's applied in every team or, you know, it's every team is different. So if you don't know how to do certain things, then it's time to talk with your team and figure out best workflows for you. Because uh, you work with people, you don't work with just like roles, you know, they're people <laughs> with yeah, knowledge. Definitely. So people uh, tend to work differently. So for example, I worked with uh, product leads that were extremely pedantic, organized. They were writing tickets for everybody and stayed on top of the, um, you know, loop, mm -hmm. curve, whatever. But also I worked with product leads that, you know, they were organized, but in a different way. So they let everybody else write their own tickets. They were a little bit more absent from the whole uh, project journey. They were, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe communicating more with other uh, teams, stakeholders, mm -hmm. whatever, planning more projects. And workflow uh, in such teams is vastly different. Uh, and you need to be adaptable and flexible to kind of figure out a good flow in your team. Yeah. I think that would be a soft skill as well. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I don't know. It's in between, actually. It I don't is, know. Because you have to know what you know, but you also have to know how to adapt that, that to other people to complement each other perfectly. 
yeah, and also be creative. For example, um, how do let's let's talk about real life examples for a bit. How do we go about localization and copy? Mm-hmm. For example, when I joined my team, there was no workflow for that. It was like winging it every time something needed any text. And then over time, I realized what can be done, what are possibilities in my team and company. And then I devised um, a, a path that works for everybody. Okay, I will work on copy with the UX copywriter. Then mm-hmm. team will approve or disapprove. And then after it's done, everybody's very happy. Then I'm going to handle uploading screenshots and all that copy into online tool for dealing with localizations. And then uh, I will ping all translators to do their part of the job. And then uh, once it's done, uh, developers can safely use these uh, translations in production. And there it is. That sounds like a good workflow, but somebody, like, if you winged it every time, it was probably similar, but it was also probably a bit different every time. Mm-hmm. And then if you made something to streamline that, that's perfect for your team. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is a really good tip. Like, try to streamline your workflow. Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, people do a lot of busy work just because they they don't grow out of old habits mm-hmm. and I think it's a very good plan to seek for new tools uh, patterns libraries whatever mindset <laughs> <laughs> to to kind of make our life easier working with other people because it seems that people for, forget especially junior designers that it's not just about designing it's about working with other people With different roles. So, uh, you know, learn how to do developer handoff. Uh, It's not just about designing. I have a a good tip about uh, learning how to do developer handoff. Talk to your developers. Ask them what they want. (laughs) Yeah, it's simple as that. Just I mean, ask. Uh, sometimes it's it's quite funny because people talk about developers as the other species, and then you mm-hmm. have the developers, and they're gonna be mad at you. And it's the developers. I mean, they're just people. Just ask them what they want. It's it's the same thing you were just talking about. They're people. They have their own wants and wishes and different needs than we do, and their focus is somewhere else. So we just need to find some common ground to what works for them and what works for us. Just talk to people. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's really that simple. If you don't believe it, try it and you will see. It's that simple. Um, It seems that, I don't know, maybe uh, our community or whoever is honing this idea that developers and designers are a little bit like cats and dogs. Yeah. But don't fall for that, please. Uh, Developers are your friends. You work with those people like daily. Your, Your work does not exist without them. Yes, exactly. So, you know, be friendly to them. They're not like robots that produce some uh, intangible like symbols on a computer that then translate your design into something that people like use. Like uh, Helena said, they're people. Um, and if you just ask, you'll get an answer and then everybody will be happy. <laughs> it's so simple. It, 
Yeah, it's so uh, crazy that such a simple concept of just asking is so foreign. It's like amazing for me. Yeah, but, but okay. Uh, I think you have to again come to a point of your life where you figure that out, and then a lot of doors open. I know when I first figured that out, it was what I can just ask, and people are going to an answer, reply, give me something. What? It was very weird because I was used to doing everything on my own, and then when I would ask someone for something and I got it, I was very confused. Why is this working? Why are they nice to me? Why is this? Why is this happening? So it's something that uh, you need to figure out. That is true. Um, and uh, the last thing we have on our list, uh, well, it comes from me because I'm obsessive about shortcuts, <laughs> keyboard shortcuts. I think that's excellent um, tip for, for juniors because uh, I was doing everything with my mouse and cursor when I started, but then I learned all the shortcuts for all the tools I use. And that made my um, kind of workflow much faster and much efficient. And uh, then I also noticed that I am not wasting my time and concentration on like pushing some icon left or right, because I can do it super fast in one second with shortcuts if I want yeah. to. And then you can focus more about actual problem that you're solving and less on, you know, let me just tweak this stroke uh, border, the font size, color, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's something to consider, I guess. What do you think? Uh, I was actually surprised because you added it because I did not even consider that as a necessary skill because it's something I do uh, almost naturally. I mm -hmm. have an excellent advice here. Uh, there's a tiny little program called Cheat Sheet for your Mac. And the idea is if you hold command for several seconds, then it shows all of the shortcuts for the currently running program. And what I usually do is I install a program and then hold my command and see what things is something I would need for that program to work. And then I just use the shortcut the shortcuts uh, immediately. So Cheat Sheet, the best thing ever. I think every time I get a Mac, I install that thing first, seriously. There is another tool which is very similar. It's called Mouseless. And it also so shows you the shortcuts for current app, but it also has additional feature where you can like play a little memory game and then learn shortcuts like that. So, and it has a really nice interface. So there you go, two apps for learning shortcuts. Yeah, we're going to link those. We should definitely link those. How about we jump... things down. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, really, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> how about we talk a little bit about personal development as a, you know, last thing we're going to mention? Um, I think this is a very important thing that you... But it goes kind of hand in hand with the general tip of mm -hmm. don't stop learning. Don't stop learning and don't stop working on yourself because you need to work on yourself in order to, to grow. So everything you do, you need to do with trying to be a better person and that will make you a better designer. So the first one, um, okay, I'm going to pick my favorite from this list because we were good and we wrote the list. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick uh, the find a mentor, learn from them, and especially negotiating your salary. I'm going to leave that one to you, but I'm going to be about the find your mentor and learn from them. Uh, so find someone that inspires you. You don't have to aim high, like you don't have to 
uh, think that Chris Doe is going to be your mentor. Find someone who works nicely and who sounds like a good person to you and try to get in touch with them, uh, ask them some stuff. Chances are the person is going to be very open to you and they're going to enjoy sharing their knowledge because the worst thing about being a designer is having all this knowledge and nobody to share it with. I think that's what drove us to mentoring and teaching and coaching and doing all of this. You just have the need to explain to someone, like, don't do this, don't repeat my mistakes, and you're going to be amazing. It's like giving someone a, a push. <laughs> yeah, and also when you have a mentor, it's like a shortcut to your career uh, in a way that they will tell you stuff uh, from their experience or knowledge. And then you don't need to go through hoops and loops they went. You can do something better uh, immediately so you can uh, actually progress in your career much faster and be a better designer in the end um, actually I added this like negotiating salary aspect I think um, well for me when it comes to personal development uh, top priorities like right now are negotiating skills and storytelling skills those are not necessarily just design skills I think any professional who possess these two um, is going to you know, do great in their field. Uh, when it comes to negotiating salary, um, I actually had to take uh, like upon one mentor just for that, because I was completely oblivious how to do that. No, Nobody ever uh, coached me how to negotiate salary, nor is that culture in my country. So when I moved countries, yeah, I was a little bit baffled. Oh my God, I need to negotiate. Like, I feel embarrassed. I don't want to talk about money. Like, meh. yeah, but, it's definitely a cult cultural thing. Yeah. Um, but it seems that more often than not, companies expect some negotiating to happen unless you live like in uh, some country that I don't know, doesn't have this culture or whatever. But yeah, anyways, if you do, then um, I guess good place is to ask or somehow research online what is salary for your role. Um, try to, I don't know, try to find that information somehow. There are a few sites that can reveal that. I don't know how confident um, you'll be after reading those uh, anonymous um, results, I guess. But, you know, uh, sometimes people are willing to share the numbers and that's awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, you should not be embarrassed to ask uh, for a salary that you want. Yeah. And this, uh, this actually brings us to our last point, unless mm -hmm. you have anything more to add. No, no, go ahead. Uh, so our last point is to work on being aware of your values and don't sell yourself cheap. So what we meant by this is that you need to be aware, be constantly aware of what you are worth and what you are doing and how big that impact is having on your company or wherever you're working at. Because maybe some skills you think are worthless, but maybe those are the skills that really set you apart. And I think it's kind of hard to stay in the loop of what you know and what you think you know. So I think I have a good advice on that, but do you maybe want to somehow tie in? Is there anything you want to say about this? Hmm. Let me just think for a quick sec. Um, I would just bluntly say, don't be afraid or embarrassed 
you ask for a salary you want. Uh, I mean, I'm repeating myself a little bit, but uh, sometimes we feel a little bit insecure or embarrassed or whatever, and then we sell ourselves ourselves cheap. But you should not do that because you might think like a oh, company will, they don't maybe have enough money to pay me or they will not pay me because I don't know, I'm a nobody, whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm just like going in circles. I'm just all about, you know, ask what uh, you want. <laughs> yeah. One thing I read from social media, so this is not my personal experience. This is social media experience. Uh, companies usually don't have enough money to give you a salary unless you say you are leaving and then they find the money magically to bump your salary to what you asked for so uh, two things one is the biggest pay raise you're going to get is when you're switching companies that's why Mm -hmm. you have to negotiate your salaries and the second one is uh, stay aware of what you know and that's the tip that I have Uh, the tip is to maybe Maybe not each week, but maybe at the end of a month, try to write down what you worked on. Because especially in the pandemic, days are all the same, tasks are all the same. But you do actually do some work all of your days. You do work and then you do something that kind of maybe stood out, but you forget it because it was just like a day like any other. So if you write down things or projects or maybe things that you are proud of about what you did and then you kind of flip through that book and remember that, oh, like four months ago, I did this. That's kind of cool. And then maybe you can somehow emphasize that somewhere. So just write things down what you are doing because you're going to forget. Maybe on that topic, uh, check some resumes or uh, I don't know, maybe. Well, I think resumes are a good uh, starting point of skills that uh, product designers or UX designers, whatever, write about. And then maybe create like a like um, uh, a spreadsheet, to-do list or spreadsheet and write them all down and then self-assess. How am I good in this? What did I do in my life to kind of know how to do research, for example? And then once you self-assess, then you can see, uh okay, so it seems that I need to work more on prototyping and research because I'm definitely lacking on that area. Maybe your workplace does not offer uh, you know, knowledge from that part. Yeah, opportunity to expand that knowledge. So, you know, you, you can start a side project or just uh, figure out a way how to tackle this certain skill. And then month over month, uh, you self-assess, like Helena said. And at the end, you will reach uh, to a certain point where you have like all the qualities to maybe even call yourself as a senior designer um, and explain what you know in your job application later much better and concise than just like rambling about vague general stuff. This is excellent, very professional advice, and I love it. I think I should do that <laughs> also. Like, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, I let's hate it. I hate it when we're so smart and then you figure out oh shit this is very smart I should actually do that. <laughs> yeah, like where did that came from? Like I need to do that as well. Let, let's do that in Ocean for both of us and uh, just see where we stand. I would like to do that just for for fun. Okay. Uh we should make we should okay, we should do that and then we should make a episode of revealing like those Ooh, couples when you read yeah. the answers it's going to be like I am a four in prototyping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh maybe like uh, we shouldn't use like numbers. 
uh, to kind of um, yeah, numbers define. are terrible. Don't ever do that. Uh, can I just say that's my pet peeve in CVs when people write down, I know uh, research four out of five. No. Who told you what a five is? What What does that mean? That means nothing. Please go away. I just hate that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever, ever in your life do that. That's horrible. Bet you will not get hired because of that. Uh, instead, just explain what you did. That's it. Just say what's your experience and people will Again, appreciate it more. Talk to people. <laughs> talk to people. Um, anyway, I just want to kind of wrap up our story about tricks and tips for juniors with storytelling skills. Um, I realized last year that's actually quite important for everybody, even us. And I just want to connect this with uh, not being a native English speaker. Uh, then your skill maybe sometimes doesn't reflect so good just because you stumble over your words, trying to find the best way to explain your thoughts. Maybe in your mother tongue, that would be easy peasy. But if you are working abroad, you know, remotely, maybe for some other company whose uh, main language in office is English, then, you know, just trying to improve how you uh, you know, you see, I'm very bad at this, so this is uh, why I'm very uh, authoritative on the topic. Just try to practice how you tell things. If you struggle with your vocabulary, try to build it somehow. There are many apps and, you know, read, you can just read read, 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 read and listen to podcasts. I mean, it's excellent. Maybe even write down some idioms and uh, some catchphrases you can use, like keyword, the, like some terms that are important in your industry. For example, I did that at one point because uh, I needed that. Uh, what else? I think for designers, this storytelling skill is quite necessary because you need to explain your designs. And then if you... Uh, oh, you have to sell your designs. You have to sell, of course. Um, I would love to talk about selling design in next episode. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, when it comes to selling your design, well, you need to be a good like seller and negotiator, I guess. But how you explain... <laughs> it's <a complete> tree. <laughs> what? It's a complete skill tree. It's a complete skill tree. Uh, I mean, we are like joking right now, but it's completely true. I mean, it's a skill, like really important one. And I think this differentiates juniors from seniors, like this storytelling skill, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. I definitely agree. Yeah, that's a very good point, and we have an excellent uh, next topic. I really love how at the end of each episode we kind of organically come to the next yeah. episode. That's very nice. Uh, makes less work for us to think of what should we talk about. And then also, if people are listening one after the other, they actually naturally, uh, you know, go into these topics that are connected with each other. Wait, wait, wait! You don't listen to our podcast on shuffle. Yeah, like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. You shouldn't do that. That's terrible. No, we no. Developed, <laughs> we developed through the podcast so they make more sense uh, as we grow. That is true. So for the end of this episode, I want to say hello. I love you to all 10 of our listeners. Hey, there's 14. Don't be like that. Okay. All 14 of our listeners, we love you. And now I'm we gonna pass. Do. Yeah, like so much. I think you're like the best people ever for listening to our podcast. 
And I will give my mic to Helena to kind of um, um, wrap it up. You for, thank you for the mic. I think this was a very good episode. And I seriously do think we grow through these because we talk so much about things that kind of bothered us. But it's much easier to figure out what you want to do next with you, with yourself and your career when you kind of put it in words better. So that's it from me. Um, we love you, everyone. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye.